Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We had, I'm going to tell you, who was in first service last week? Raise your hand. Okay. Wow. That's all i got to say. Wow. It was incredible. Not that second service wasn't because God showed up again, but first service, man, that may be one of the most powerful words I feel like I've ever delivered since the inception of passion because I believe that God wants to reverse some things. I told you last week that I, I was involved in wrestling for several years, showed you some funny pictures. At least they're funny to me. I would love to have all that hair back. And uh, Tim Hooper called me and said, if you want to wear Jake Hooper's uh, singlet while you preach, that would be a good prop. And I didn't have to think, but just about that long. And I said, no, thank you very much. I don't ever want to wear another one of those things. Uh, but I was involved in wrestling. I told you some things last week, just as a recap very quickly so you understand. If you are involved in wrestling and you take your opponent off his feet and gain control of him, you get two points. If you turn him over towards his back, it's called a near fall. If you can hold him there various lengths of time, now it used to be three and five points. Now it's two, three, or four points depending on how long you hold them there. There is also another way to score that I didn't mention last week that I'll just throw in for free this week. It's called ride time. The longer you can stay on top of them and control them. Some of you have been ridden way too long. <clears throat> that was for free. And the devil's scoring points because he's staying on you, but there's a reverse coming because the other way that you can score is on the defensive side. You can escape and get one point, or you can reverse and switch the position of control and gain two points. And the moment you gain control of the one that took you down, not only do you get two points, but you get you begin to reverse the riding time until it nullifies, or you ride him so long that now you get points. That's free too. Uh, some of you need to realize that Jesus is bringing a reverse into your life that is going to cause you to have such dominion and control over the enemy that you're going to begin to gain points on him. I'm liking that this morning, amen? And so I told you last week some things about a reverse that I would just want to remind you. Uh, I, you'll remember that I encourage you to quit quitting. You can never gain reverse if you quit. You will never switch positions on the enemy of your life if you quit. You can't just lay there and take it. Some of you just been laying there and take it. You look like a punching bag. The devil's just been wearing you out, and you're just laying there letting him do it. Quit quitting. Get up and try to get away and escape if you can. But I, you also remember that, that there are moments, I told you that in life, it's okay just to escape with your life. That's okay in some situations. But I think what God is saying to us is there are also moments where God doesn't just necessarily want us to escape by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin. He is actually setting things up so that we can reverse and turn the tables on the enemy of our soul and we can gain control of him. That's what we want to do. And so we begin to talk about that. And, and I reminded you out of Isaiah chapter 54 that the Bible declares that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It will not work. And so we have that promise that God is a reversing God. Anybody testify at work this morning uh, or this week? I, I hope some of you got to work. I've been doing this. We got a phone call, a text saying, what do we do in this situation? I told Julie to text them back and just say, just walk behind the individual and do this when they're not looking. I, I just want us to be, get that into our spirit. That That is a silly thing, but I believe it's a supernatural thing. I hope you've been testifying all week just in various environments. You've just been turning around because that's what God wants to do. So I give you permission this morning 
that while I'm talking to you, if I hit on something that you need a reverse in, just stand up. I know they're going to think you're crazy, but stand up anyway and turn. If I, if I begin to talk about something and, and you would like to testify that God has already turned that thing around, maybe you're sitting here today and you have a testimony rising up in your heart about what God has done in your life. When I hit it, just get up and turn around and we'll know what you're doing. You're testifying of the reversing power of God. So what I want us to do today is I want us to go back into Scripture and I want us to look at one, what I consider one of the most astounding reverses ever recorded in Scripture. Because I think what we can do from it is we can learn from this account how to set up for a, a reverse. Because here's the truth that I learned in wrestling. Reverses don't happen by accident. You don't just fall into a reverse. You have to, you have to position yourself. It's called leverage. A lot of the moves in wrestling to secure a reverse are all based on the fact that as you move and position yourself correctly, if my knees weren't blown up, I'd pull Woody up here and, and, and just demonstrate on him. Uh, but my knees won't take it anymore. But I would show you what is called a, um, what's it called, a switch. We used to call it a switch, and you would... You're down like this. Oh, Lord, help me. You'd get down like this, and when the whistle would blow, you would do what's called a set-out. Your right knee would come out, your left foot would come forward, and you brace on him because he's pushing against you. And at the moment he pushes too hard, this arm would come free, and you would switch it and put it in his leg and pull around, and you're on top. It's awesome. It's one of the most incredible moves. That's all based on two things, leverage and positioning. You can't do that if you're laying flat on your face. Right, And so what I want us to do this morning is I want us to go back into this account and I want us to learn a couple of things that I think help set up a reverse. Are you with me? Exodus chapter 1. We finally got out of Genesis. Thank the Lord. Exodus, y'all, it's going to be a long year. Exodus chapter 1. <clears throat> I'm going to read several portions of Scripture out of Exodus chapter, only one verse of Scripture out of Exodus chapter 1. Then we're going to go to Exodus chapter 2. And I'm not going to read the last portion of Exodus chapter 2. You will know the story. You'll, I'll remind you of the account. Here we go. Exodus chapter two, 1, verse 22. Then Pharaoh gave the order to all, this order to all of his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile. But let every girl live. I hate that passage of Scripture. I just feel like there's some bias in there. I don't understand. All right. Chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket uh, for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. I think she probably sent somebody to get it because there's crocodiles in there, and she said, I ain't doing that. Yeah, y'all didn't read that in there. Y'all didn't even think about that, did you? She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her 
son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. That is a reverse. See, you got to read. You got to read for comprehension's sake. It, it's the reverse. Pharaoh gives this order that every little boy belonging to the Israelites who are his slaves must die. And, is, and just as a side note here, I find it interesting that when the enemy of our soul comes after us, he always attacks seed. Think, think about that just a moment. It was okay for the girls to continue to live because without the... Okay, I don't need to do sex ed 101. You can figure that out. Without the seed... There is no potential for reproduction. And I just find it interesting that every time the enemy comes after us, he attacks, he tries to attack the seed in our life. There is a seed in you. There is seed of destiny. There is seed of purpose. There is the seed of the word. There is the seed of your call. And every time the enemy will come against you, his purpose and his desire is to distract you and debilitate you however he chooses to do it, through an addiction, through a sickness, through a broken heart, through a crushing of your spirit. He's not after your heart. He's after your seed. And that's what happens here. The Pharaoh recognizes if I can kill all the little boys, they will no longer reproduce and they will not outlive us or outnumber us and overthrow us. And so the order's given, but the mom refuses to give up. She refused to quit. She was quitting, quitting. She said, I'm not going to put up with this. And so she puts the baby in a little basket and, and a reverse takes place. The baby that was sentenced to death is now taken in and raised by the very family that was wanting to kill him. Think about that. That is a significant reverse. And so out of this story and the account of what takes place when Moses grows up, because you also remember that at age 40 he steps between an Egyptian and an Israelite and takes matters into his own hands and kills the Egyptian. That's further on in chapter 2. You'll just have to reference it later, but I'm going to come back to that. I want to talk about two things that will help you set up a reverse in your life. Everybody with me? Say reverse. All right, you got to work for a reverse. Here you go. Number one is this. You can't let the cans keep you from the cans. I'll try to say that fast four times. You can't let the cans keep you from the cans. Okay, let me let me explain. A reverse is accomplished. The, the, the initial reverse in your life is accomplished and set into motion when we refuse to allow what we can't do to keep us from what we can do. Think about this just a moment. Moses' mom, his real mom, the Israelite mom, could not change the Pharaoh's edict. She didn't have the power to do that. He said, kill all the boys. She could do nothing about that. She could not change that. That was a can't in her life. She could not change her status in the class system. She was a slave. She was never going to get an audience with the Pharaoh and say, please kill all the other boys but mine. There was no way that was ever going to happen. She couldn't change where she fell in society. She couldn't change her little boy into a little girl. Think about that now. I mean, I know that's obvious, but she couldn't do that. She could not change the environment that her son was going to be raised in. 
I'm, I'm going somewhere. Y'all stay with me now. She did not have the ability to go into Pharaoh's household and change the environment. The, the environment was a pagan environment. They worshipped multiple gods. She had no ability to change the environment that her son was being raised in. That was a cant in her life. She couldn't change the fact that she only got to see her son every so often for just a few moments. That was a cant in her life. But she could hide her little boy. And she could refuse to obey the edict. And she could spend a few minutes with her son each day and she could tell him about his heritage and she could tell him about his God. She could tell him about the fact that God had his hand on his life and had hidden him on purpose and had spared him on purpose. She did not allow the cans to keep her from doing the cans. Can I bring that to your attention this morning because I think that some of you allowed what you can't do to stop you from doing what you can do. And therefore, you see no reverse. Well, I, you don't understand, Steve. I can't change my spouse. If you had my spouse, you would want out too. If you had my spouse, you would want to slap them too. If you had my spouse, you would be the most negative person and you would be down in depression and doldrums and you would never have a smile on your face like I never have a smile on my face. But I can't seem to change my spouse. That's a can. Let me tell you what you can do. You can change you. You can change your reaction to your spouse. You can... You can change. You can change how you see them. I can't change Julie. I've been trying for almost twenty years, and and it's not rubbing off. But uh, but I can change me, right? Have I changed me at all? Okay, I just want to testify. I changed me. Twenty years I've been changing. Some of you are whining about what you cannot change. I can't. I can't change the fact that I'm single. Man, if I could just find me a spouse. I can't say I've gone everywhere. I've gone to the club. I've gone to I've gone I've gone to this church and that church. I've gone to singles events. I, I'm look I can't seem to change it, but what you can change is you. And the fact that you don't need anybody else to complete who you are. That you and Jesus are complete. That that you find your significance in him instead of him. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Okay. Uh, I, I, I can't, I, you just don't understand, Steve, I can't change my job situation. If I had the right job, then my life would be fulfilled, and I just can't seem to get ahead, and I can't seem to get a promotion, and I can't seem to excel. But what you can do is you can work hard. And what you can do is you can show up early and stay late. And what you can do is, is do everything that you do as if you were doing it to God because you are. And you can change your mindset about your job. And you can change how you see your job. And you can change you. Well, I, you just don't understand, Steve. I, I, I just, I can't make ends meet. I, I just don't make enough money, Steve. You, I, I, you know, if I, if I made more money, I wouldn't play the lottery because then I would have so much that I don't have to do that anymore. Come on, I'm preaching. You ain't never played the lottery in your life. Uh, play. If, 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 I could, if I could just make ends meet, I'd quit using those. Let me tell you what you can do. You can steward what you have now. 
You can set your rear down and get a piece of paper out and get yourself a budget and live on the budget instead of living above your Come on. You, you can monitor what you're spending your money on. You can, you can cut the non-essentials out. Like, you don't have to buy those cigarettes. You don't have, oh, y'all amen to me now because most of y'all don't smoke. You don't have to have cable. You don't have to go to Starbucks. You don't have to go to the five-star restaurant when there's a one-star down the road and you got food in your refrigerator that you could cook. Oh, man, y'all didn't know. I just came to meddle and make you mad. See, I can't make an A. Any parent ever heard that one? Man, I hear that one until I'm... No, but what you can do is you can refuse to settle for a C. You can do the best that you can do. You can study harder. You can turn the Wii off and study a little longer. You can get off your cell phone and actually go over the papers before the test. You can actually apply yourself and improve, even though you may never make an A, which I still think is a lie, but, but I, I, you can do better than you're doing now. See, y'all, y'all don't know. I, see, I, I wrestled this guy, the meanest guy I ever wrestled. I hope I can paint this picture. I, will, I don't remember very much about who I wrestled. I only remember a couple matches, most of the ones I won. Uh, I I wrestled this guy. He's the meanest guy I've ever seen. He actually growled at me. When he no, I'm not joking. I'm not. I'm not making this up. He growled at me when he came on the mat. All right. Now his name. I I don't remember any other name of anybody else I wrestled, but his. His name was Prince. That I'll tell you something right there. Any mama that named their boy Prince knows he's going to have to be tough. This guy had muscles where I didn't even know you could have muscles. He was vicious. Seriously now. He, he was strong. I knew when I walked on the mat a few things. Number one, I'm not going to outstrong him. Right? I'm, I'm not going to outspeed him. He was fast. All right? And so the, map, the, the match begins. Prince growls at me. I cry like a girl, run for my life, and over the course of the next few seconds, he took me down. Imagine that. And I find myself face down on the mat, and I had a revelation. I am never going to take him down, ever, ever. I am never going to pin him. I am never going to win that way. But what I discovered was I could do one thing. I could only do one thing. Now, I'm not making this up. This is how I went. I'm laying face down on the mat, and I realized I could do one thing. Here you go. Here's all I could do. That's all I could do was get to right there. So every time he would work and flatten me out, I would get back to there. And something happened. It aggravated him that he couldn't turn me over. In fact, he got so mad that he began to grab me right, right here, the, the meat of the, 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 whatever that is, the chest. Man, there's more of that than there used to be. What's wrong? Man. I'm depressed. He grabbed me right there. Of course, he was behind me. He grabbed me right there, and he began to claw me, and he had long fingernails. And I looked down, and he 
scratch me, and I look down, and blood just starts flowing. Now, I was smart. I yelled. And the referee saw what he was doing, and he stopped the match. And he said, warned him, warning, red, don't do that again. He puts me in the down position because he had control. He knocks me to my face. I did the only thing I knew to do. And as soon as I got to there, he grabbed me in the same spot and started it again. And I yelled to the top of my lungs, and the referee saw it while he was doing it, and he disqualified him, and I win. The only thing, the only way that I could outduel him was to outthink him. And what I came to tell some of you is that, that you just need to take care of what you can do. If you would just begin to do what you can do, don't whine about the can'ts. We all have can'ts. Don't whine about what you aren't able to do. Don't whine about your weakness. Don't whine about your shortcoming. Don't whine about your failure. Just brace yourself and take care of what you can do. Some of you just need to get off your can'ts and get your cans in gear. What can you do? Let me ask you this question like this. I I wrote this down. It's on your drive card, and I want you to take it home, and I want you to actually think about this. What can you do right now in your situation that would possibly position you to turn the tables on your enemy? A little harder work, a little more prayer, a little more diligence. What could you do right now that would position you for a reversal? Another aspect of this story is this, because see, some of you whine about your environment. If my environment was right, I, I wouldn't have these problems. If, if my environment was more conducive to success, I wouldn't have these problems. If, if I had been dealt a different hand, I just want to remind you that Moses was raised in his enemy's home. The environment does not have to dictate your destiny. Your environment does not have to diminish the fact that you can do what God has called you to do and turn all the camps over to God and he'll make up the difference. Don't allow your environment. Well, my environment's all messed up. My home's all messed up. That's your environment. God can change it all if you allow him to. Think about this a moment. The same Pharaoh that issues his death warrant is now paying his natural family to take care of him. That cracks me up. God is so powerful, he can turn something on the devil and make the devil pay for it. I like that. Uh, Pharaoh foots the bills for all of his diapers. He, he pays the tuition for all of his education. He clothes him. He trains him in his military expertise. He's setting him up for reverse. He trains the very little boy that will one day overthrow his dynasty. Think about that just a moment. If some of you would just do what you can do, God is positioning you and working behind the scenes that at the moment the enemy didn't even know it was happening, he was setting him up to reverse him and gain everything back the enemy had stolen. In fact, I I just think this is funny to me. Y'all may not find this ironic, but the Bible says that Pharaoh's daughter got Moses' mom and allowed his mom to nurse him. What does that mean? That means that God is so powerful that when you begin to take care of your cans, that he he can even cause the enemy to allow your dream to be nourished when he thought what he was doing was killing your dream. 
if you just hold on to what you can do. The second thing I want to tell you this morning is this, and this one's going to hurt. A reverse is about timing. See, the truth is, is that the reverse that took place in this account was set into motion when the boy was three months old. That's when the reverse started. But you know as well as I do that when she put that little boy in the river at three months old and set him down that river, they didn't actually see a reverse until this little boy had grown up, gotten married, and was approximately 80 years old. See, y'all don't like that. I don't like that. The fact is is that God could set a, a reverse in motion in your life decades ago, and it may be years before it actually comes to pass, but you can't give up. It's all about timing. You will remember that Moses tried to be a deliverer at age 40. He took matters into his own hands and, and messed everything up. What I came to tell you this morning is this, that some of you are angry at God because you've been planning on and praying for a reverse for six months, but nothing's changed. And some of you have been holding on for a decade and nothing's changed. However, I came to tell somebody that you've got to understand that God doesn't want you just to visit dominion. He wants you to live in dominion. See, the enemy knows what you know. The enemy knows what I told you last week when he reminded me of this. The best time to, re to gain a reverse is after the moment you've been taken down. Don't just lay there. Reverse it on him right then. But the enemy knows that as well. So if you quickly get a reverse, guess what the enemy knows? The best time to reverse a reverse is right when you've been reversed. And the reason that God has not brought a reverse into some of your situations and some of your lives is because he knows that if he had allowed a reverse right now, you wouldn't be able to maintain that controlling position and you would be reversed back by the enemy immediately. For instance, some of you have been praying for God to give you a financial breakthrough and God says he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills and that he's our provider. And you're going, God, why won't you reverse my financial condition? Because he knows that if he reversed your financial condition right now, you don't have a budget set and you would blow it it all in one week and he said no no I'll just let you stay there for a few more months until you get desperate enough to take care of the cans and then at the right time in the fullness of time I will allow because I want you to be able to live in a reverse not be reversed back some of you have been asking God to reverse the situation in your home and you haven't seen it, seen it come to pass because he knows you haven't made the adjustments to you yet. And if, you, uh, if the reverse took place, you wouldn't be able to deal with it and you would take that person for granted or you would misspeak or you would hurt. And within just a few weeks, everything would be as bad as they were and worse. Reverse is all about timing. Ask Abraham what happens when you try to get ahead of God. That's what Moses did. Listen, I'm going to help somebody, I hope. The Bible says that we sh those that wait on the Lord, we just don't like to wait. We think we understand God's timing. I'm going to help you this morning. I pray. I really debated about whether to do this this morning because we like the sermons that get us shouting. But what I want to do is I, I want to try to help you and I want to try to teach you how to know when your timing is not right. Because if you can ever figure out when the timing is not right, then when the timing is right, you will know it. 
So, so two things I want to say to you that will show you when your timing is not right. Based on this account, there are a couple things that are revealed to us that teach us about time. I didn't read it to you. You know what happens at age 40, Moses sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite. He steps between them. And the Bible, you go back and read it for yourself. I'm not making this up, not inserting anything. But if you don't believe me, go back and read it. The Bible says that Moses looks around and sees that nobody's watching. He kills the Egyptian. And while nobody is watching, he buries him in the sand. He was ahead of God. Right? His timing was wrong. How do we know? Two things. This is going to help somebody right here. The first way that you know that your timing is off for a reverse is this. If you do things that go against God's law to force a reverse, then your timing is wrong. The Bible says that Moses looked around. You know what that means to me? It means he premeditated what he was going to do. And some of you are about to make a move in your life, in your relationships, in your finances that you are premeditating and you're thinking it through ahead of time and you're going to do things that go against God's law. And if they go against God's law, then I came to tell you that's not God. And your timing is wrong and you're setting yourself up for defeat and you're setting yourself up to go wander in a wilderness somewhere for 40 years and you're setting yourself up to be disappointed and discouraged and disillusioned and devastated. All the D's I can get in there. If you take matters into your own hands, if you have to break a law to fulfill or to accomplish a reverse, that that is not from God. In other words, y'all say, well, what are you talking about? I'm saying like, if you're so far in debt that you see no way out, then I can promise you right now it is not the right time to go buy a new car. Y'all laughing at me, but we do it all the time. If, if you made a commitment standing before God, And you are premeditating that I can live my life better by myself. Then you are going against the law in the word. And I can promise you, you will not be blessed. You will be destroyed. Oh, man, y'all see, y'all don't like me very much now. But I'm just telling you, some of you are about to do things that you know go against God's law. Like if you have to cheat to make a better grade or if you have to cheat at work, or steal from the government on your taxes to make ends meet, then you are breaking a law, and I can promise you it will not secure a reverse for you. What it will do is it will lengthen the time that you're in bondage. Have you ever thought this? I thought this the other day. I wonder if Moses hadn't stepped between the Egyptian and the Israelite that day, if he'd have just waited, if maybe he could have been the deliverer at age 45. I don't know, but I just wonder if he would have just waited on the timing of God, if he wouldn't have had to been 80 years old before they saw deliverance. It affected not only him, but it affected the people of Israel because he, he cost them 40 more years of bondage because he broke the law. Who are you going to impact by breaking the law of God to try to secure your own reverse? That's powerful. The second way I can tell you that you can determine and discern whether your timing is right is if you've got to cover up what you're doing. 
then it's not from God. Am I helping anybody this morning? I want to tell you this morning, the Bible says that Moses took that body and he covered him with sand. He tried to hide what he had done. Some of you are doing things right now and making decisions that you are looking over your shoulder to make sure nobody's watching what you're doing. If the decisions you make right now, you can't do it in the light of day, then I got news for you. Newsflash, that's not God. Because God doesn't work reverses in the dark. He works them in the light of day. Well, that bounced right back at me. Listen, if you have to build a charade and you have to act and you have to cover up the decisions and the choices that you're making right now, then I would say to you that your timing is wrong. You can safely assume that your timing is wrong and the opening that you see or that you think you see or that you're trying to force to open is not from God. It's of your own making. And if you continue to push, then God will not operate that way because God operates in the light of day. If you're covering up, if you're hiding, then that's not God. So I don't know. I don't want my church folks, my family, my church family to know I'm, Looking for my husband in the bar. Hope they don't see my car parked outside. I don't want my church folks to know I'm going to this place. I don't want my church folks to know I'm watching this. I don't want my church family to know that I'm talking like this. I don't want, I don't want my church folks to know I'm, I'm behaving like this. If that's you, then let me help you. That's not God's timing. That it, it's too good to be true. The opening may be there, but that doesn't mean it's an opening from God. See, there are moments when you will receive offers that you're expected to refuse. That was good. And so if I'm trying to help you this morning, if you have to take matters into your own hand and break God's law, or if you have to cover up what you've done to get that opening, then that's not from God. Your timing is wrong. Reverses take place because of fullness of time. Reverses take place at the right moment. The greatest reverse ever accomplished in the history of mankind when was when Jesus came to earth, died on a cross. But the Bible says that he came in the fullness of time. At the right moment, at the right instant, at the right second, he broke in on the scene. He had to wait for the right opening. And I am declaring to some of you that the opening that you're about to walk through and force your way through is not from God. God, you need to slow down and allow the right timing to come so that you will be able to maintain the reverse that God is going to accomplish in your life. Set yourself up for a reverse. How? Well, two things. Number one, do what you can do. What can you do right now that could position you for a reverse later? See, we don't like that because we're an instant gratification society. I want my reverse now. I am challenging you to slow down and recognize that the decisions you make today could very well release the reverse in your life six years from now, but you will have to wait between. What could you do right now that would set you up for a reverse? And second, wait on God's timing. 
I am challenging you this morning. I know this is not a shouting kind of message, but I am challenging you this morning to go home and to sit down and think over the decisions that you have made and that you're about to make and ask yourself some questions about timing. Did I violate one of God's laws to do what I wanted to do? And if the answer is yes, then you need to go back and repent and make it right because that wasn't God's timing. Or if you say, I'm having to cover up and put on a charade and an act, and I'm trying not to let anybody know what I've done or what I'm about to do, then I came to tell you that God will expose that. The Bible says that everything we do in darkness will be exposed. We will be shouted from the rooftop. You will be exposed. So you need to go back and recognize that if you're having to cover it up and hide it, then it's not from God. But this is what we know. Isaiah chapter 54 guarantees us a reverse. Right? No weapon formed against me will prosper. That's our promise. So if that's my promise, then all I've got to do in the meantime is I've got to set myself up for a reverse. I want you to stand with me this morning. Father, I thank you this morning that we have experienced you here. I thank you that we can sincerely and honestly say that as we worship you together today that we know you are here. We know that you're right here right now. God, you know the condition of each person standing in this room and those that are watching over the internet, I, I wish you would give me x-ray vision sometime as far as seeing into people's souls and I would be able to see where we all are. The truth is I don't. I just have to sow the seed and believe you to let it take root. So this morning, I pray that you do surgery on each of us and those of us that have been making excuses about what we cannot do. Those of us that look around our environment and make excuses for why we cannot succeed and why we cannot be victorious and why we cannot walk into freedom. I pray, Father, this morning you would turn that around and we would begin to set ourselves up for the reverse that you've guaranteed us by the fact that we would take care of our cans. Father, I pray that we would begin to see what we can do. I pray that you would help us to see what we can change. I pray that you'd help us to see what we can adjust, what we can conquer, what we the steps we can take. And I pray that we would become more focused on what we are able to do than what we're not able to do. Father, this morning I pray that we would learn to wait on your timing. That's one of the hardest lessons to learn. I pray that we would learn how to discern what's from you and what's not. God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice this morning that has made a decision or acted out a decision that went against a law in your word, then, Father, I pray that bells would begin to go off right now and warning sirens would begin to sound in their head and they would know that they've been out of line and out of the right timing because father what we know is this is if when we take things into our own hands we take them out of yours and we don't want that to happen and father if we're covering up if we're putting on a charade and act a, a mask because we know what we've done would bring shame on us then father i pray that we would recognize that that's not the right timing and we would go back and we would wait and we would endure until the end so that we can be saved 
I pray you'd help my people, Father. I pray that you'd set them up for a great reverse. I pray that even the enemy, the one that despises them and wants to destroy them, I pray that you would even now begin to allow that same enemy to give them room to nurse the very dream he's trying to kill. We know that you can do that. I pray that you would do that in the lives of my people today. Father, I thank you this morning that you're real and that you care about us and that you love us. We thank you for the individuals over the last year and three months that we've seen that have seen a reverse take place in their life. Father, if there's one here this morning that does not know you, I pray that they would experience and encounter the greatest reverse that they've ever been involved in. An exchange from death to life, an exchange from sin into holiness, an exchange from separation into relationship with you. I pray that you would do that right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's one this morning, you say, Steve, I I need a great reverse in my life. The reverse I need is I need Jesus into my heart. This Jesus you've been calling on all day, talking about all morning, I don't know. And I want to know Jesus as my Savior. I want to make him the Lord and the King of my life so that he can work a reverse in my life and change what's been destroyed. If that's you, We won't want to embarrass you. We just simply want to pray. If that's you, would you just raise a hand and pull it right back down so that we can pray intelligently with you this morning. I just want to surrender my life to Jesus this morning. Is there one? Father, I thank you this morning that each person here is under your authority. I pray that you'd speak strongly to us and we would begin to do right now what would set us up for reverse in the future. I pray that you'd do that. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, would you join me one more time this morning and just do this right where you're standing just one time. Set yourself up for reverse. God bless you. Thank you for... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.